Welcome to the Agony Cast, where we are improving culture through friendly competition. I am Jeremy, the Count of Monte Fisto, and with me this week are... I'm Ryan, the quilting enthusiast your mother warned you about. I'm Lars, the hungriest hippo. Uh, long-time listeners, of which there are many, know that... Uh, <laughs> Legion. To, be- to begin our game, we start with the two-minute win-it-round. Two-minute win-it. Wherein each contestant will have two minutes to respond to a previously determined prompt. The prompt for this week is, what uh, will finally cause Donald Trump to be impeached? Let me say that again because I have a mouthful of marbles. What will finally cause Donald Trump to be impeached? Uh, It looks like I'm on the poll position, uh, and I'm going first, uh, so I'll take it away. Um, Well, let's get the obvious out of the way here. It's not going to happen, okay? Um, This liberal fantasy needs to go away because it's uh, a hindrance in a lot of ways, right? Um, First off, Democrats don't want this to happen because Donald Trump serves as a much better boogeyman than he would some kind of martyr, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Mm -hmm. smart plan for the Democrats at this point is simply to keep shouting impeach, 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 and add on to that the Republicans in Congress won't let us impeach this criminal (laughs) while simultaneously not doing anything, doing everything they possibly can to prevent impeachment. Uh, because it it won't work. Um, It gets sympathy on his side. And even if in some way it it did, you know, follow through, you know, he's a vain man. He may resign if he he gets in any sort of trouble. Um, Then we'd be stuck with President Pence. Um, And, and, you know, then in in midterms and in the the subsequent presidential election, he's not as effective. It allows the fever to break, right? Mm -hmm. People say, well, we fixed things, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Anywho, so it's not going to happen. But if in some world, in some way, it were to happen, it's not going to be what we expect, as it very rarely is, you know? Uh, You know, this Russia stuff, to me, it seems very clear that uh, there's nothing that significant there. There's probably a lot of financial ambiguity. I mean, you know, this dirtbag has a lot of financial commitments all over the world, certainly in Russia. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some some gray area there. Um, but I don't think there's anything that's so very severe, you know, no intentional espionage. Uh, he's not a bright man. He's probably just blundered into a bunch of stuff. It's, you know, uh, seems to be purely a case of just kind of the, the cover-up, or, or not even the cover-up, but just the uh, the attempted dismissal of it being worse than anything that's actually happened here. Mm. That's my take on it. I, I suspect that's true. I mean, you know, it's the old sort of Occam's razor about why assume, uh, you know, malcontent when, you know, simple stupidity is the most... <laughs> incompetence will do. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes. It, it is the perfectly obvious choice. I mean, unless he's absolutely, a, you know, a, a 
a cunning mind, you know, a Mr. Burns that he's managed <laughs> to conceal some sort of masterwork behind a bumbling facade. Mm. Um, in which case, maybe that's his true genius in the end. But if that's even the case, then why allow this to happen? You know, I mean, sure. If you're smart enough to pull it off, you wouldn't be dumb enough to get caught in this way. I don't think. That said, it's not as though just being evil um, makes things more efficient for you, right? Just because you're working for bad ends doesn't mean, you know, the road opens up for you. That's a common misconception. Um, you know, good and evil alike have to deal with the same frustrations. Anywho, it won't be anything major like that. It'll it'll be, you know, as it is with someone like Al Capone, right, who went down for... Uh, mostly syphilis, but then tax evasion. <laughs> I actually that was that was almost my answer was mm. like mail fraud. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. It's sort of the lamest, most boring thing that will mm. eventually take him down. I almost chose that as an answer. Well, and I'm honestly thinking it, it'll be something as you say, kind of tied to that. I noticed just today um, the Trump administration, or perhaps the RNC. I didn't I didn't clarify that is launching a subscription box service. So that means akin to something like uh, like Nature Box, Nature Box yes. or Birch Box. I guess this is bullshit box. Um, through some sort of subscription, you get you know a box of of Trump gear every month. And wow. to me, it, this feels like that's the- not enough. It, that's I need more well, than every month. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a, as we've learned, grizzly bear subscription level, <laughs> uh, which comes with a hunting license. <laughs> right. Um, but to me, this has the feel, you know, not exactly this, but something like this, sure. where this feels like the kind of thing where, you know, you could say he's using the office p- for personal gain quite right. overtly, right? Right. It'll be something like this, mm-hmm. or like he will you know, unintentionally fly a businessman on Air Force One. Right. And mm. that'll finally stick. It'll like, well, that's clear violation of emoluments or mm-hmm. you know, that that's clear coercion that you're using the office, um, you know, for, for financial gain. Right. And, you know, it'll be, it's always that little sort of straw where it'll just be the one little thing where everyone's kind of sick enough to say, well, this is a clear, overt thing. You know, it's not a big deal. It's just the one we have a paper trail sure. for, you know. It's mm-hmm. the one where you set your your flight plan saying, hey, I'm flying this guy around because I want him to buy my stuff or yes. something like <laughs> that. Um, so that's my take on it is it'll be something like this subscription service. If I have to get a fine point on it, I think it'll be misuse of government property like that, like using <laughs> Air Force Staplers, One. Staplers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he'll he'll use White House stationery to mm-hmm. to sell, you know, some some ch- tchotchke. Um mm-hmm. and it'll just be the thing that we have clear evidence of. It won't be a a big crime. It'll just be, well, hey, this is the thing we can prove. Right. This is the thing you can pin on. No, I think you know, I agree that that's probably the most likely if it's going to go down. It'll be something that ultimately is kind of boring and something that's totally self-inflicted as well. Mm-hmm. I think that that's important to note. Um, that it will be totally like something that could have been avoided um, mm-hmm. if it, there just would have been more care put into it. Mm. Well, and this will give him, I mean, I also, as longtime listeners know, um, we, we didn't exactly predict this. We knew it was going to happen. I mean, we were just speaking with, with, with the, the facts, you know, facts you can see. 
Um, and I'm, I'm still, and this, this does venture into a little gray area of prognostication, but I'm still not certain, um, he's going to want to run for a second term. I mean, it right. seems pretty oh, yeah. clear he doesn't really even want to do this one. Right. Um, I mean, it is a very, I mean, it's probably the world's most pressure filled and frustrating job. And right. He's, yeah. he's starting to realize that you're not everybody's boss, you're everybody's servant. Sure. Right? Sure. So I, I think what he's really looking for here is a way for him to pull the ripcord and still claim victory. Right? Sure. Mm. Well, he could um, say that he has made America great again. Right. So he's exactly. done. You know, done. Mission you accomplished. Know, I think if it gets to four years, that's what he'll do: is say, "I have done this," and you know, claim mm-hmm. victory. Point to some trumped up. Geez, that wasn't even intentional successes, <laughs> and say, "Well, I did all this and that." Um, and, and then just, you know, bow out and, and say, well, I, I, my mission's accomplished here. Um, but if there are other, you know, sideways, you know, if something like this were to happen, he could resign and claim, you know, politics is dirty and launch a news channel where he's, right. you know, I mean, he's already kind of doing that anyway. So, yeah, I really, my favorite part of your response is the idea that um, it won't be the, what he part of what one of your things you suggested was it won't be the act that he gets in trouble for it'll be the cover-up which is another way of saying uh you know like uh, i'm not upset that you did it i'm upset that you lied that about you lied it, to me which yeah. is like a tr- yeah. traditional sort of a marital issue right and so the idea that donald trump's ultimate collapse even though we've shown it would actually be, you know, be a victory in some way would be the sort of like uh stereotypical transgression against a woman totally that's perfect well, and that's, I mean, you know, that's frequently trotted out uh, is that it's not the act, it's the deception, right? And sure. I mean, if we think about the, you know, the Bill Clinton case, right, um, right. if he just came out and, and said, yeah, you know, this happened and I beg forgiveness, you know, it, it may not have happened the way it did. Although, as I say, side note, those impeachment uh, hearings got public sympathy on his side, as they tend right. to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trump has seemed fairly immune to it because um, he seems to boast of his transgressions. Right. Um, you know, uh, he, he tends to, you know, counteract even the statements from the White House and say, you know, they'll say he never met with these Russian people and, you know, they never said anything. And then he'll come out and say, I only told them public, you know, information. <laughs> he, he has this, you know, really interesting way of... of um, alluding that by um, making words meaningless. No, I um, I think that you've got you've got something there, Jeremy. And I think that uh, longtime listeners will want to uh, walk for, watch this in the future and uh, can place their bets on the betting markets accordingly. Right, the betting markets, which um, had to pay out double because um, they paid out for a Clinton victory before the uh, election actually happened. <laughs> sure. that, is, that is yeah. true. Wow. Yeah, no, I um. I honestly, I despise the fact that Trump is president, but I wish I would have put some money on it. Mm. Yeah, could have cleaned up. All right, Ryan, it looks like you're in the uh, Lucky Pierre seat. Why don't you take it from there? <clears throat> I'm in the driver's seat now. Well, Jeremy, my answer is actually kind of similar to yours in which that it's not. He's not going to be impeached. Um, and the reason why is that Trump has proven himself to be Teflon. I mean, what... What could stop him at this point? I feel like at this point we um, have gotten a situation where he, we thought he's going to be defeated several times over, and he 
you know, he keeps misstepping and keeps making mistakes, and yet there are no consequences for his actions. So in fact, not only is he not going to be impeached, but he's not going to be impeached despite the fact that he's going to do all of the following things <laughs> in the week after we record. So you people listening to this right when it drops, this is what's going to happen next week in the Trump administration. Trump will cover the Lincoln Memorial in gold and put 20-foot Trump letters on the side of it. People will be fine with that. Due to a Twitter error, Trump will proclaim a permanent ban on muslin, the fabric. He will hold up Kathy Griffin's actual severed head. He will become Vladimir Putin's legally adopted son. He will fight and kill Captain Planet. He will add his likeness to Mount Rushmore with a fully erect penis. He will sign an executive order that Meryl Streep can henceforth only make sequels to Ricky and the Flash. He'll put Jared Kushner in charge of both diplomacy for North Korea and a new White House office called Big Dicks Doing Hot Chicks. He'll tweet, why do we have a tomb for an unknown soldier? We should have a tomb for a famous soldier. Sad. He'll admit to Tucker Carlson that he actually sold his soul to the devil at a Mississippi crossroads, and he'll say he got the idea from, quote, the blacks. He'll get a blowjob from Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office and then lie about it under oath. He'll remove Edwin McMaster Stanton from the Secretary of War Office and replace him with Brevet Major General Lorenzo Thomas, hashtag Andrew Jackson joke. He'll start an international prank war by stealing New Zealand's mascot. He'll take a shit on the Liberty Bell and then proclaim it the Liberty Smell. He'll wear a rubber suit to the floor of the Senate and then forcefully cover John McCain with glue and say, I'm rubber, you're glue. He will tweet, I'm mentally unfit for office and should be removed thanks to the 25th Amendment. He'll ride a nuclear bomb as it drops over enemy territory, yelling "Yeehaw!" and waving a cowboy hat, and yet miraculously survive. Um, so that's all the things that are going to happen in the week following this podcast. But there's more, folks. So first of all, Mar-a-Lago is actually in the site of the Fountain of Youth. So we actually Trump is immortal. You think that he's seventy, but he's actually four thousand years old. <laughs> And so he's not going to die. And also, the Supreme Court will henceforth issue a ruling that says, eh, what the fuck, concerning the 22nd Amendment. So we'll be stuck with Trump forever. Congratulations, we're stuck with President Trump for the rest of America. God is dead, and so is everything you love. That's my answer. Hmm. Now, to whom is he going to sell his soul, or did he sell his soul? At the crossroads. To, to the devil. I'm Legba. sorry. I thought I, thought I Where you been, old man? He done changed his name to Scratch. <laughs> sorry. I just, I'm, I'm never going to have another opportunity to talk about the crossroads. It's never going to come up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, uh, we're, we're stuck with him for, for all time. Nice. So, so, so I assume that the presidential term limits will be rescinded? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that. The uh, Supreme Court is going to... That's right. Sorry, you said the amendment, but I'm Pay attention, smart Lars. <laughs> listen, Lars, listen. You know, if the, uh, they're going to do that, they might as well clear the way for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. Yeah, well, they he, he can't because Trump will never vacate office. But mm. yes, they could. They might as well clear the way for Schwarzenegger, which honestly, wouldn't that be a welcome relief? At this oh, point, like, I, I oh, my God. As oh, my God. Like, if that happened, every I feel like there would be dancing in the streets. <laughs> 
by me doing the robot in the middle of the street. Well, as a, as a California Republican, he actually has a uh, um, an interesting uh, you know mix of of political positions. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. it seems to be you know somewhat thoughtful at least. I guess the point is that and appreciates being an American. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. Schwarzenegger surprised and sort of seemed to have risen to the occasion a bit, and mm. uh, Trump just has not. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like Schwarzenegger or not, he did better, I think, than most people imagined that he would. Putting a muscle man in charge of the world's third largest economy <laughs> sure. would have worked out. <laughs> As it turns out. Mm. So that's that's my answer. It's gloom and doom, and uh, we're all fucked. Great. Yeah. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> There's a reason they call this the agony cast. <laughs> they, they being us. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Lars, it looks like it's to you to bring us home. Donald Trump has already been impeached. We just don't know about it. I've been reading some of this political conspiracy literature that Jeremy sent me. Okay. Who do you guys think breaks a tie? if there are an even number of votes on both sides of the Senate? Um, well, InfoWars would have you believe the vice president, but that's not correct. Well, he's a lizard person. We went over this in a, re- a previous episode. It's not the vice president. Wait, no, wait, no, it is. I'm sorry, it is the vice president. <laughs> Who's the vice president right now? Well, InfoWars would have you believe that it's James Edward uh, Nacho Sanchez Pence. <laughs> Wait, what? What's, where does that name come from? InfoWars. That's his Christian name. Yeah. <laughs> Great, thanks. It's not Mike Pence. No, no, it is. It is Mike Pence. Anyway, Pence is the tiebreaker. If the Senate is tied, Mike Pence breaks that tie he gets to choose what side wins think about it i'm thinking about it just think about it okay here's another one donald trump is the president but who is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces uh uh, donald trump donald trump no he's not wait yes yes he is yeah he is so he can send troops wherever he wants for a limited amount of time and call it a police action, right? Has any president ever used that prerogative before? Uh, yes. No, they haven't. It's Teddy Roosevelt. Wait, no, they they have. Yeah, they Inva- have. invaded uh, Teddy Roosevelt National Park <laughs> before it was Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Years one and three of Vietnam. I feel like this bit relies on you guys to be straight men, but you're dedicated <laughs> to being far goofier. Well, as my wife is finding out, that is a bad bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, there have been police actions. The Korean War, the Vietnam War. Just think about it. Police Academy. <laughs> think about it. All right. How many, how many states are in the United States of America? Of America? 51. Guam, baby. Guam. <laughs> no, there's even more than that. 52. No, wait. There, no, there are. there is 50. There are 50. What was the last state to be added? Almost Puerto Rico. Hawaii. In 1959. I see. I'm starting to connect the dots. When was mind. Donald Trump born? Almost Puerto Rico. <laughs> 
1946. Think about it. Listen, hey, hey guys. Yeah. Th- think about it. I'm thinking. I see. About it right I see now. the rest of my time. <laughs> Which is good because you've gone over considerably. <laughs> you've given us a lot to chew on. You've given us a lot to chew on here, Lars. I think I've connected all of the dots that you have laid out for me. All the breadcrumbs. You just have to follow them. It does. It does feel like uh, my answer then it leads to Jeremy's answer, which then leads to your answer, Ryan. And time is a circle that folds in on itself. <laughs> Flat circle. That's correct. Hmm. So what have we learned from all this? Uh, he's already been impeached. He won't be, and he shall be. Right. <laughs> That's right. It's all all the, three true at the same time somehow. Yeah, yeah. That's right. All the verb forms. A is not a. All the tenses. Hmm. Wow. Well, the the readers, the the listener's mind is blown mm-hmm. right now, and also our readers who print out transcripts of the agony <laughs> cast as well. Their minds are blown. <laughs> so this idea of of, of, Trump, of Trump uh occupying all space and time and also being infinite um reminds me of what the highlander says during the quickening especially in the in the first movie of the highlander do you guys remember this i remember every every moment of the quickening (laughs) do you remember what he says well, do you mean when he actually gets the quickening? Yeah, at when the he end? gets the quickening yeah, at the end of Highlander um, One. Well, he complains about it being too much. It's like a whirlwind in his head, right? Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But then what is it? But then once once he comes to enjoy it, do you remember what he says? No, I don't. I do not. So so so, so you know. So as you recall in the Highlander, this is the moment in which he cuts off his rival's head and he becomes the, the Highlander. Uh, cuts off the Kurgan's head, right? That's indeed. Uh, Right. And so he, um, <laughs> so he's, so the, it's the, such great script. He shouts, I am everything. I know everything. <laughs> Which, That's a good uh, moment. Oh, yeah, it makes me laugh so hard. Now, in fairness, I shout that when I have my own quickenings in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I am everything. I know everything. <laughs> and then uh, immediately I lose interest. Yeah. Trump well, is still at the, it's a whirlwind in my head phase. What did you think of the Highlander 2, The Quickening, where it turns out that they're all from another planet? Ooh, I didn't even register that. You know, I meant to go back to the rest of the Highlanders, but... Yeah, my knowledge of the Highlander is shallow at best. I I feel like that's a a cop-out. Without knowing anything else about the Highlander, that sounds like a cop-out to me. You would think that, although they uh, retcon it so that what they're saying is all Scottish people are from another planet. <laughs> and that holds up. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. that's just science. Right. right. Yeah, that's just genetic. <laughs> all right. Um, well, that'll do it for our two-minute win-it round. Um, two-minute win-it. <laughs> now you don't need to pay for the robot anymore. <laughs> that right. robot costs that robot a lot of money. A job. We're taking their job <laughs> That's right, now. Finally. <laughs> it's about time a human took a robot's job, not the yeah. other way around. Curiously, right. that robot is not Kurzweil. <laughs> some immigrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, some immigrant took Kurzweil's job. Right, El Kurzweil. Uh, well, in the interest of tit for tat, um, why don't we all sit for a minute and think legitimately, what do you think the greatest achievement of the Trump administration will be? We've really given it to old Donald um, Trump uh, over the last couple of minutes here, really raked him over the coals. What do you think the greatest achievement of that administration is going to be? I mean, Nixon, you know, opened China, the EPA. Surely Trump can do something. Right, I always forget that. 
I think uh, since I dropped this bomb on you, um, I think maybe it'll be a national examination about the legitimacy of a de facto political ruling class. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I actually think to to piggyback on top of that, and this isn't an accomplishment of the administration, but I did hear one of Trump's supporters argue that, you know, he he basically took out two political families, you know, the Clintons and the Bushes in one election cycle, which yeah. on the face of it is an, an impressive thing to do. You know, I obviously I'm not happy with what happened instead, but that in and of itself is something of an accomplishment, right? I mean, to to knock these people down a peg. Mm, yeah. Trying to open up the uh, dynasties a little bit. I think uh, from a misogynist point of view, which is not my own, I think that, uh, you know, in over the years, there have been a lot of fetishes or uh, attractions involving first ladies. Um, but most of the time, you know, the first lady is just a normal you know, woman, not especially like, uh, designed, um, or putting herself out to be like admired obviously by men in a sexual way. And so I feel like Trump really just overcame decades of like social consciousness and feminist work and all sorts of stuff to actually like have like put himself in a situation to have a first lady who at different points has been a model. And so is, you know, chose the career to be looked at in, you know, uh, so again, this is way. from a misogynist perspective that isn't Lars's that usual. It's not Lars, that's right? It's yeah, a slightly Maya different Culpa, misogynist Maya perspective, Culpa, right? Right. So what you're saying, Lars, is that finally someone has made it possible for men to enjoy looking at a woman instead of appreciating her accomplishments. <laughs> no, no, you're suggesting you're <laughs> suggesting that I'm suggesting that Donald Trump invented objectification you can feel good about. What I'm saying is that the first lady is a model, and I think that that is mind blowing. But I don't think. I mean, I wonder. I mean, actually, you know, um, you might want to drop the shovel at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go any further. And I know we sprung this on you, so you know, this is uh, with this folks at home. This was not thought out. Lars did not write this in advance. <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> I suppose so. There was no chance to pull up on the stick, but uh, no. I mean, what, I, I understand what you're saying, Lars. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I guess the <laughs> the irony of the whole thing is that she seemingly can't uh, stand the vile touch sure. of his pig flesh. Right. Sure, oh, yeah, course. yeah. No, I think that's yeah, that's. The well, she's thing. just meant to be looked at. Apparently, just don't don't touch her in in any capacity. Which I mean, honestly, if you were married to Trump, wouldn't you swat his hand away right. at uh, every every given opportunity as well? Sorry, I was lost in fantasy for a moment. <laughs> Of like a beautiful woman slapping a pig, or be or being married to Trump, one of those two <laughs> fantasies. Rising alone in a golden palace. <laughs> I was going to pay a backhanded compliment because there was before, right before the election, there was a great article that was basically arguing that the Trump's best gift to America was um, giving women the ability to, or the sort of impetus, almost to talk openly about sexual assault that they've experienced. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously that's not something that he wanted to do. It wasn't a platform plank or anything. But, um, you know, I did agree with it at the time. I feel like his victory has, has hopefully not, but has somewhat muted that. Indeed. Uh, because it seems to validate. Or, if not completely yeah. undercut it. Sure. By, by the fact that the President of the United States boasted about sexual right. assault. Right. right. 
But, um, you know, still, I still think that you could pay all kinds of backhanded compliments to Trump in that fashion, you know, that he's made us question whether uh, the wealthy are really all that smart, for instance. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Whether they really deserve the wealth that they have. There's been a lot Um, of questioning of that. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of if, I mean, you don't need to look very far to look for, you know, academics who are showing how. Uh, not all academics are intelligent, but yeah, you had Ben Carson suggesting that maybe surgeons aren't as smart as we think they sure, are. Sure, right? Because neurosurgeon was like synonymous with you know right. brilliant. It's not brain science. Person, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> this isn't rocket surgery. It's brain science. That is interesting, and that probably was a large part of his appeal. Is it allows you to look down your nose at your supposed leader, right? I mean, everyone sure. thinks their boss is a dumbass. In this case, you know, you have confirmation of that. Right, right. It's it's like you have a Michael Scott type figure in charge or something. Right. You just you everyone knows that it's an idiot. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, and that does. I guess that's another compliment in a way that it, it takes the edge off of basically everything to have somebody who's running things who is not experienced not especially intelligent constantly does things wrong doesn't really want the position i mean i feel like you know we don't have to take things so seriously anymore by things i mean everything potentially uh the flip side of that is we have um a doofus lunatic with his finger over the nukes (laughs) (laughs) you you don't get you don't get to do this jeremy you don't get to bring up a specifically offensive (laughs) prompt and then snap it on people when they take the premise and then also you know snatch it back (laughs) when people try to actually make Lars you took the bait that that was your (laughs) your mistake well and Jeremy that does Lars's point does bring us something which I thought you were you seem to be fishing for like legitimate administrative accomplishments um you know and i i don't know um you know maybe I, who knows maybe pulling out of these trade deals actually will turn out to be a good I, I i don't understand those things well i don't think that trump understands those things well enough to make a call you know i guess maybe some of the uh half-brained things that he's coming up with may turn out to be uh worthwhile policy positions in the end and it may yeah. take the lens of history to say, oh, you know, that actually was a, a better move than the alternative. Sure, sure. He's a, he's a secret Andy Kaufman-style genius. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, I, I don't think we accomplished at all what you wanted to accomplish, Jeremy. Though it's been true. And I'll say he, um, he's, it seems he may have just been taking credit for something that he didn't really do, but it's, he got some prisoners out of Egypt a while ago. I mean, that's that's good you know i I think there are going to be regardless of how horribly he does he's going to stack a few things in his favor you know it's still short in his term well so you know know, occasionally um, occasionally you're going to find some things that that are you know were the right thing to do or at least i think he's psychologically abused rinse prebus that's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) right his greatest accomplishment well that actually um uh, could potentially be something is the dissolution of what we understand to be uh, the two-party system as sure. it stands, yeah, right? That's a good point. Because at this point, um, you know, the Republican Party as such, despite being the ruling party, exists in a totally reshaped fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and, you know, the Simpsons, Ryan, I was going to point out, um, hit upon the, the point that... Um, back when uh, George W. Bush was president, that having someone who seems 
um, unaware of the magnitude of their office can work to intimidate other people. Sure, right? sure. Um, as, as the Simpsons said, who knows what Commander Cuckoo Bananas is going to do, <laughs> right? I mean, it's possible that some countries who were... Um, you know, perhaps taking an aggressive posture may be now legitimately worried that a sure. toddler um, with a soiled diaper is in command of the right. largest military force that has ever existed in history. Right. And who is routinely revealing the locations of, say, our nuclear submarines off the coast of North Korea just for fun. <laughs> just because he can't help himself. Just in passing conversation with yeah. heretofore enemies. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many uh, of them around. Well, I think we've done a really good job of being fair-minded and balanced on this one. <laughs> Thanks for really prompting us to stretch out of our comfort zones. Jeremy. You know what my problem is? I'm asking this at the wrong time. We're too close to it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. A couple of years in, I mean, again, I, I do mean it. A couple of years in, you'll probably, if assuming he lasts that long, you'll be able to find 10 things that you think are fine, mm. you know, policy choices, presumably. So, mm-hmm. so let's well, check back in on this one, folks. <laughs> We'll, we'll, tell, we'll hit this again. It's been such a success. You know, that's been a nearly perfect segue into our speed round. Speed round. The first prompt of which, and in the speed round, of course, we uh, respond in an impromptu fashion to random stems here. And the first one is... Uh, and again, to me, this completely recalls the previous question. How will all the characters from How I Met Your Mother die? <laughs> right? I mean, we couldn't have planned it better. Serendipity. Um, how will all the characters from How I Met Your Mother die? Now, Ryan, I know you're our resident mother boy. Um, maybe you <laughs> Resident <have> mother lover. <laughs> you have insight into this that the two of us lack. Sure. I mean, a couple of options spring to mind immediately. One is all shot in the head in a diner um, and their lives fade to black. Um, You know, I presume that they're all living inside of a tiny snow globe and perhaps some sort of blizzard will uh, wipe, wipe the gang out. Um, obviously, Barney Stinson of some kind of venereal disease will right. probably uh, probably get knocked out. Um, right. Maybe in a, some kind of duel, you know, where they have a five way duel amongst themselves can you uh, so ryan as yeah as, as the mother lover can you tell us a little bit about the plot developments of the later seasons because i've got all sorts of ideas but I, i'm worried about them being dated after the first season yeah yeah well i, mean, I think i can take it from here yeah Lars. let's hit it <laughs> tell us a little bit about it what happens well after the gang went to college i think <laughs> sheldon uh, chumsworth and fez Uh, ended up at some kind of research institution where um, they work with science and that's awkward. And then the other two, um, Lisa and Dutch, get married. And so then half of the series is just them trying and um, failing to uh, remain monogamous in New York City. Nailed it. Right. Well, then I think Dutch is definitely going to kill Lisa over a jealous tryst. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, there's going to be all that drama with Mr. Big that leads to right. someone dying from syphilis. Yeah. Oh, God. And actually, Poor you know, surprisingly, syphilis. the big reveal at the end of the season is, or the end of the series, is that they're actually living in the early 20th century and they all die of Spanish flu. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> they actually—it's a crossover with Downton Abbey, right? Yeah, and then one of them gets just into a random car wreck because he wants off the season. Also, 
Hmm. Is that what happened to Maggie uh, Smith? Yeah. No, it sounds like Jeremy really answered answered your question, Lars, about the later plot developments of the show. Yeah, okay. I think Fez could definitely die of a venereal disease also. Is that creative yeah. enough? Yeah. I mean, Boner has got it coming. <laughs> and then the last shot is we zoom in on Thomas and he says his famous catchphrase, uh, uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it turns hey. out that uh, that Ted Mosby, the uh, Josh Radner character, was an angel all along. Oh, yeah. Right. He was never of this world. No. And he was working with the CIA the whole time. <laughs> it's a double twist. Nice. Was he visible to anyone other than the gang? No. Right. Absolutely not. Although his erect penis was visible at all times. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was wondering how he was able to get so many women to see him or pretend to see him. And if they could be schizophrenic, I guess. But yeah, if there's part of him that's visible, then that clarifies that issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. Um, I'm just, of course, um, as longtime listeners know, uh, tipping my hand that the last episode was written by Matthew Weiner. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, the um, character played by Allison Hannigan uh, meditates to the Coca-Cola commercial. I remember that. Thanks for liking my show. Yeah, great. Really interesting uh, critique, but both valorization of consumerism at the same time. All of them engage in self-hangings. <laughs> <laughs> over and over. Uh. R.I.P. Nathaniel. Yeah, poor Nathaniel. Is he still at the clinic for um, masturbation addiction? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they let That's him That's why he the- wasn't on the last one about uh, the TV shows to masturbate to, because he's, been, he's <laughs> trying to wean off. <laughs> he is just committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they let him podcast from the insane asylum at some point, but yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an insane asylum. <laughs> I thought it was Eric Clapton's Crossroads. No, no, no. They're bringing the, they're bringing the insane asylum back. <laughs> Just for Nathaniel. Narconon is not an insane asylum, <laughs> even though it is run by Scientologists, which is true. Really? Yep. Huh. What? Wow. This That's does also explain why I have to run a noise filter on Nathaniel's parts, because there's always this in the background. <laughs> The Are sound sure of feces hitting the wall. <laughs> Are you sure that's not just him touching one side of the wall and then touching the other side really quick? I need a minute in here. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Um, well, uh, that does, I think, answer the question how all the characters from How I Met Your Mother died. Um, that takes us to our second question, um, which is not a question. That's a curveball. Um, let me questionify it. it. Uh, celebrities who are who are some celebrities who are most likely to be serial killers? Who are celebrities most likely to be serial killers? John Wayne Gacy, um, <laughs> Ted Bundy, um, Al Bundy, uh, Joseph Stalin. How about just John Wayne? Going go. with the John Wayne Gacy thing, drop the Gacy. That was it was him the whole time. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the um, I mean, I feel like uh, he the like dead Heath Ledger is probably still claiming <laughs> lives too soon. Where are they now? The cast of Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> most of them dead or dying. 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he'd be a good serial killer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I would say like Zoe Deschanel because of like her giant uh, eyes would be watching yeah. you the whole time. Those dilated pupils also. Yeah. She also has a sister who uh, appears to be her clone, so she could always say, it wasn't me, it was my Oh, clone. right. That's right. Yeah, it was Bones. Yeah. <laughs> Bones <sister>. did it. <laughs> the Bones one. I think, but I feel like the sister then would be able to use all of her forensic information to deny the claim. Lars, that's just right, a TV show. Uh, no, she, they have a right full lab at that. their disposal. I think that's bones. a documentary, and the events happen in real time. Yeah, it's, it's a um, reenactment of real things <laughs> that happened. Ripped from the headlines. <laughs> from, from yesterday's headlines. Mm, yeah, other Ooh, let's see. Killers. Other possible serial killers. Uh, Dame Judi Dench, mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. Very classy killer. Just right. so stylish and elegant and everything. She she just kills it. She kills the role. And the dude. The last thing you'll see is a martini, some silk stockings, and a cigarette in a holder. It's, it's nice. <laughs> and I mean, we have to say Meryl Streep, right? Because she just kills everything she does. That's yeah, right. that's right. She's a serial killer for juicy parts for women over 40. Yeah. What about uh, Timothy Treadwell? He probably killed a lot of. They just lured them into the into the bear's nature. mouths. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, Werner Herzog. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because it's, all of his yeah. movies end with him murdering the subject and consuming him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's well, that's a good one though, right? Actually, um, um, Klaus Kinski. I mean, he probably he basically was a monster. So. I wonder what inspired this question. Um, mm. Was there a recent celebrity who turned out to be a mass murderer? Yeah. Oosh. Do you know who wrote it? Um, I'm going to guess Ryan. This has the smack <laughs> of him. It's got the patina of a Ryan question. Yeah, I think it does. Poor mechanics and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, who was, Yeah, who was Beretta? Uh, he seems to have had an issue with murder. Murder, she wrote. Yeah, that's right. Angela Lansbury. Robert Blake, you're right. He does Blake, have a yeah. problem with murder. <laughs> problem with murder. <laughs> He's had a little trouble with it. Yeah, the Wall of Sound fellow. He's probably... Phil Spector? Phil Spector, that's correct. What, honey? Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, nice. Oh, we have a call. I like that. Yeah. Jeremy's Jeremy's wife has clearly been feeding him lines this entire time. I think that uh, his uh, wife is really the one who's the mastermind behind yeah, this. Yeah, she's got the yeah. puppet. She's working me hand. like a puppet. <laughs> she's been punching up your material since day one. Yeah. This this really changes the agony cast forever. Ryan Reynolds also is Canadian. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are serial killers more common in Canada? They're a shifty bunch, all tucked away down there. <laughs> down there. Yeah, that's right. You got you have that map where south is up and north is down. It's just a ball in space, Lars. That's right. Yeah, I think we still need to have certain standards, though. Yeah, north is north, Australia. Deal with it. <laughs> I would say Crocodile Dundee, not Paul Hogan, but the actual Crocodile Dundee right. character. The character, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's I would say in... just a crocodile. It seems more likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I think Crocodile Dundee is probably a serial serial killer to crocodiles. Oh, there you go. He's uh, wanted in uh, several different states, several different swamps, as well as that Disney World. Do you think that was just a marketing st- stunt? I don't remember this. What was this? 
That Don't you remember that eaten by that a kid got picked Disney off? World. Oh my god! Oh right, yeah, I do vaguely remember that. I think that was, uh, yeah, I think probably marketing stunt. They're probably going to re-release Hook or something. Walt Disney, <laughs> yeah, Peter Disney. Pan marketing stunt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Walt Disney invites. P- he he just has like a beckoning finger um, in his cryogenically frozen tube, and you know people come nearby, and then they also get frozen, and then he consumes them as liquid well um i think we've got that one um nailed it it. yep uh so since the nsa is listening to this keep tabs on all those dudes yeah last prompt is everybody thinks that you're so vain is about warren Beatty, the carly simon song of course but what celebrity is seals and Crofts song summer breeze secretly about um john wayne gacy uh, Ted Bundy, <laughs> Joseph Stalin. I would have to say that it's about Miles Davis and Charles Bird Parker because it's about blowing through the jasmine of my mind. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Lars. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it could be that's about That's the level um, we've stooped to. Yeah, that's right. It could be about David Carradine, sort of in the future tense, the see the curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday night. And Carradine mm. is the curtains. It's probably also about David Crosby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Warren Beatty and James Taylor. Why not? Sure. Right. Yeah. That's right. Maybe that song's about Carly Simon. <laughs> oh. It's just a, it's a snake right. eating its tail. We've become Ouroboros. <laughs> we already so, went through this once tonight with uh, Time is a Flat Circle. Well, that's it's why okay. we're doing it again. Right. <laughs> worked out so well the first time so is the is the is the okay the song is about someone is the person the summer breeze or the jasmine or the paper line on the sidewalk or the music from the house next door the <laughs> or screen, all of the all doorstep. of those things all of those things lars That's who is lot. sammy john's summer van about you mean chevy van yes i mean chevy van. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost called summer van historical note <laughs> fun fact the first time i heard that song was in like a best of the 70s cd commercial <laughs> it was, yeah it's like listen to what people used to think were songs here's that's one. actually the only place it was published <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was actually it was released as a retro in a retrospective 70s CD. the song is right. only 10 seconds long <laughs> she took me by the hand we made love in my chevy van and that's all right by me and <laughs> And that's it. Oh my god! Yeah. That, okay. So I'd like to see a death match between that and um, "Afternoon Delight" for the most innocent sounding, but kind of sexually explicit song. ZZ Top sleeping bag. Slipped oh inside my. my sleeping bag. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That sounds like a classic. You're afraid of the dark. <laughs> oh Lawrence, before your birth, this is basically what songs were like. I hate to break this to you. We grew up in a very, very different world. When I say we, I mean the people that I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. What were some of the songs that you used to write about this topic, Jeremy? Give us. Give us can you break me off some titles? There's "I'm Gonna Fist You" by the Shondells. <laughs> no, these. So I was asking if you'd written any personally, but we can put these on uh, other other bands if you'd prefer. Yeah, I am the Shondells. <laughs> Jeremy, the Shondells. Any other thoughts about who, what was it, Summer Breeze is about? 
Frank Sinatra, right? <laughs> Why I not? That, I guess that was a summer wind. <laughs> uh, uh, Jazzy Jeff and uh, the Fresh Bread Summer, Summer, Summertime. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> it's a song about a person, but the person is also a song <laughs> that came from, yeah, two decades later. That checks out. Maybe it's about Legba. Legba, where you been, old man? He done changed his name to Scratch. <laughs> Googling. Oh, man, the Venn diagram of people who are going to get that. <laughs> I am not in it, I have to admit. It's it's yeah. just, it's my literal outline. <laughs> it's just a little image of you. All right, well, that'll do it for this. Um, ordinarily, now we go to the vote here, and boy, that's timely as if ripped from today's headlines. Um, just like uh, President Donald Trump, 45th president of these 51 United States. What are we talking about? Yeah, so who won this one? I'll go first. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Ryan because I liked your list of uh, potential reasons that showed effort and enthusiasm, and really that's half the battle. Ryan? Yeah. Who do you think... <laughs> Ryan, you're actually going to be surprised by this, but you are currently participating in a recorded yes. podcast. Yes, you would, you would be a, it would be a shock to all of us. Especially my child. Yes. This this is live, right? Isn't this uh this is going out over the airwaves as we speak? I'm here. I'm ready. Um who's who who's your pick for the vote here? Uh my pick, I'm gonna go with Jeremy because he had almost the same amount of nihilism that I did. Not quite enough. Um as That's a I first. did, but right, yes, when I'm darker than you. But yeah, I'm I'm voting for you, Jeremy. So well, Lars is strong a strong showing. Mm, thanks. Yeah, I'm actually voting for myself this time, so it's a surprise. <laughs> Excellent. Deadlock. <laughs> um, right. As we know from your response, uh, Nacho Sanchez Pensk um, <laughs> gets to break this tie. Oh, as yes. As such, the um, next topic for uh, a subsequent episode will be Bill Clinton and James Patterson, this is true, are collaborating on a novel called Heresy. President is missing. Heresy to cuss, fans. <laughs> yeah, I think the strikeout on his collaborator and a strikeout on that title. That's a Pattersonian <laughs> title. Isn't and it a children's book? Ryan, you'll be uh, aghast to learn that there's not even an exclamation point after. <laughs> if any title in the world warrants an exclamation yeah. point, it's the president is missing. I had or... my fingers crossed for Night Probe 2. <laughs> Day Probe. Uh, anywho, so these two tall drinks of water are apparently writing a quote-unquote book together. Um, it's going to be our task to read an excerpt from that upcoming tome. So, listeners, you're going to get a sneak preview before this thing hits the short list for the New York uh, Review of Books. For the Pulitzer. Isn't this one of those books that uh, becomes a movie that also should have won the Pulitzer and the Razzie? <laughs> right. This is a book that becomes a movie that should have won a Webby Award. Uh, so it'll be our test to do that. Uh, please uh, join with us, won't you, when we do whatever that is. 
Uh, we don't have a way to end these, so let's just quietly listen as a dog barks. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone enjoy that. I've really been bringing my A-game to this entire recording. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.